So today I want to talk about something I learned from a guitar player. And um, in my mind, he's the best guitar player in the world. And you might not have even heard of him. His name is Guthrie Govan. Uh, but um, I, bet you, I bet you these guys back here. But anyway, he, uh, he doesn't have a big social media presence, and he's not out there doing it all the time. But guitar players like Jeff Beck try to copy him. He's, he's that good. And, uh, and they asked him what, what, what it was that made him so good, and he said, he said, thought is the enemy of flow. And I thought, that's the way it is with us in the Holy Ghost, too. So with that in mind, we need to turn to John 7, 37. Thought is the enemy of flow. Because we used to have a church. Now, I'm not complaining about this church. You know, I still think this is that we, we got it, we're ready to launch. But back in the day, we had a Holy Ghost church. And... Uh, People were expecting God to move. We watched people get carried out of church. We watched them get wheeled out on office chairs. And, and, and that's what's going to happen again, but we need to get ready for it. So that's what we're going to do today. We're going to get ready for it. So in John 7, 37. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Verse 37. Hosanna Rabbah, the last day of the feast of the prayer for rain. This was their prayer from rain. They water, drew water from the pool of Siloam and poured it out. And uh, it was the last, also the last day that Yom Kippur would be could be reversed. And and so look at what he says here. In the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood up and cried, saying, "If any man thirsts, let him come unto me and let him think." Drink, because out of, look at what he says here. He, when you believe on me, the scripture says, out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. Amen. But out of your mind will flow rivers of reason. Amen. That's what happens, reason. It's not reasonable, so I can't accept it. It's kind of like, like I can use my wife Nancy because she's sitting way over there. I can use her as an example. Besides that, I'm sitting down so she can't hurt me. Um no, Nancy, um, if you haven't noticed, she laughs a lot. And um, for a time there, I would sometimes it would really annoy me. And I heard the Lord say, you need to join her. You need to know that that's a gift of the Spirit that operates through her. And instead of, instead of standing back and join her, I said, how do I do that? Just start to laugh. And so... I have been. I've been doing a good job at it, right? Right. Amen. But you know, but so when when you when you when somebody's operating in the gift of the spirit, don't let the voice of reason. Well, that's just not reasonable. That's not sensible. No. If you're going to move in the Holy Ghost, you're going to have to get in the flow. You have to going to get away from your thoughts and get into the flow. Get into the flow of the Spirit of God. Amen. Praise the Lord. So in the last day, the great day of the feast, any man thirsty, let him come unto me and let him drink. And he that believes on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly will flow rivers of water. By this he spoke of the Spirit, which is, now look at this, he spoke of the Holy Ghost that was not yet given because Jesus had not been glorified. 
So we, today we want to talk about the spirit within you and the spirit upon you and the difference between the spirit within you, which everybody has if you're born again, and the spirit upon you, which is the anointing to do things, the anointing to operate in the gifts of the spirit, the anointing that everyone, everyone, John 2.20 says we all have the unction, don't we all have the anointing of the Holy Ghost. So you've got the Holy Ghost in you and there's specific things that he wants to do in your in your life. And so cooperate, right? But again, out of your mind flow rivers of reason. Stop trying to figure God out. How many of you, how many of you have any success in that anyway? Come on. Nobody. Okay, it's really quiet in here now. Okay, let's go to John chapter 20. Let's look at some 2020 vision over here in the Gospel of John. John 2020. 2020 vision right here. How many of you would like some 2020 vision? Yeah. Amen. Moses was 120 and his eye was keen and his natural force was not abated. 120 jubilee years, 6,000. There's things that are about to break out on the earth that you need to be expecting and you can't reason it away. And not, you don't have to wait and think, oh, who's going to come and do this? You are. Yeah, you can. You've got the gift of the Holy Ghost on you, and you were anointed for such a time as this. You weren't born 100 years ago. You were born now because you've got an unction. You've got an anointing from the Holy One. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. How you doing, Murph? Good to see you, bud. John 20.20. And when he had showed them his hands inside, the disciples were glad. Look at the, they were glad when they saw the Lord. So if you can see the Lord, get glad today. If you can see him, you ought to be glad. <laughs> when they believed that he was risen and confessed his resurrection with their mouths, look at what happened next. They saw the, then he said unto them, Peace be unto you, as the Father has sent me. Come on, uh-oh. Yeah, but I don't know if I'm ready. He didn't say, look, these guys weren't even born again until this moment. (laughs) Hallelujah. Look at this in verse 22. Jesus said unto them, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Ghost. When you read that in the Greek, it's emphasio. It's like to inflate a balloon. So they're going back to back to Genesis chapter 2 when Adam when God breathed the breath of life into Adam. So here they are they were they're being born again at this moment he breathed life into them. And then the next thing he says is amazing to me because in verse 23 he put them right into the God class. Look, is that this in your bible or am I making it up? Whoever who's ever sinned you remit are remitted and those that you retain are retained. Are you kidding me? No, I'm not kidding you because I didn't say it. If you have a red line Bible, it's Jesus talking, right? There must be some mistake. <laughs> no, believing means you have no physical evidence. You got his word. And then there's no believing without acting, so you're going to have to act on this now when you hear it. Amen? <laughs> now, where can we go next? Then, okay, yeah. Luke 24, let me look here on my phone. I think we need to go to Luke 24, 49, but I just want to check here. 
Yeah, Luke 24, 47. Just back a couple pages. Now they got the Spirit within them. Now the Spirit is going to come upon them. In and upon. Remember that, in and upon. We've all got it in us, but do we have it upon us? And if you don't, you're going to get him upon you today. That's our plan. That's our purpose today. And we found out that whatever you preach, God manifests. And so we're preaching on the Holy Ghost, believing that he's going to show up in your life big time today. Big time. Hallelujah. 47 says, Luke 24, 47 Repentance and remission of sin. What does that mean? That simply means change your attitude and change your actions. You're being invaded from the spirit realm. Repentance. Change your attitude, change your actions. You're about to be invaded from the spirit realm. (laughs) He said, preach remission of sin. Not guilt from sin. Come on, remission from sin. Come on, remission from what am I supposed to preach? Well, you better smarten up. You're not living right. Is that what it says there? That's not what I'm supposed to preach. I'm supposed to preach the goodness of God. Romans 2, 4 says, it's the goodness of God that leads a man to repent. Not the condemnation of religious heads, voices of reason. Come on. What God did for you in Christ is not reasonable but you've been crucified with Christ and you no longer live. Christ lives in you. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ lives in you. And he said, if if righteousness came by keeping the law, then Christ died for nothing. But he didn't die for anything. He, He died for you to make you right. So that's my message. That was the message that Jesus preached everywhere he went. Everywhere he went, you find out what he preached. The Spirit is upon me. He's anointed me to preach to the poor to break that spirit of poverty over you, to heal the brokenhearted, deliver the captive, set the captive free. Come on. Recovering a sight to the blind, set at liberty the bruised, and to preach the year of Jubilee, the acceptable year of the Lord. That's why he came. And that's what we preach too. We don't preach the day of the vengeance ever. God, that's coming after we're gone. Yeah, amen. Verse 48, and you are witnesses of these things. Verse 49. Behold, I send the promise of the Father upon you. But tarry in Jerusalem until, look, wait in Jerusalem. They were sitting in the upper room now. This is where they told them to go. Tarry in Jerusalem until you're endued with power from on high. The word enduo, the word endued with power is enduo, and it means to be clothed upon. It even means, in language, it means to cast a spell. It means you're not acting normal. People full of the Holy Ghost don't act normal. It's not normal to jump up and run around the church, but next time you see somebody do it, join them. Well, that's not reasonable. You're absolutely right, it's not. But who knows what will happen while you're running? Who knows why you happen while you're running? You take care of God's business here in church, and he'll take care of your business at home. Come on. I send the promise of the Father on you. Terribly in Jerusalem until you're endued with power from on high. You know, we look at at the baptism of the Holy Spirit with speaking in other tongues as the evidence, but the real evidence is power. Receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Expect, but again, you get what you expect. Expect the power. Expect the power of the Holy Ghost. Tarry mm-hmm. in Jerusalem until you're endued with power from on high. 
that Holy Ghost, he said, it'll fall upon you, it'll wrap around you. It will flow out of you. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. And then it says, and they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem. How? They return to Jerusalem. They go to church with great joy. I don't need to come in here and get the praise and worship team to pump me up. Well, I don't see you running around. Well, sitting here right now is about, I'm doing the absolute best that I can do right now, but I'm not going to lay down for anybody. And so if I can get up here and do this, dealing with what I've been dealing with, you can sure, if you're, if you're healthy, look, the, 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 the most prosperous you can be is ha- having your health. That's true riches, man. Hallelujah. Then he said, seek first. My kingdom, my way of doing things. Okay, I'm seeking the first. How is that? It's in finances too. It's just not, it's like, it's like, again, put your heart, put your heart on me. If you'll put your heart on me, I'll, I'll put everything I have on you. If you'll give me your heart, I'll give you everything that the Gentiles are chasing after. If you'll give me your heart, it'll be Genesis 8.22. As long as the earth remains, summer and winter, cold and heat, day and night, and seed time and harvest time will never cease for you. It'll never stop for you. you we, and like Nancy said earlier, we make our living by our giving. We don't make, if, if you make your living by your job, then you're still living in the, in the Babylonian system. No. No, a matter of fact, I think uh, Paul said it this way in the book of Ephesians. He said, let him work that he may have to give. Let him work that he may have to give. What am I working for? To supply my own needs? No, so that I can have something to give. Because he's taking care of me. He's taking care of me, so I'm not afraid to dump everything in, in an offering plate. Now, granted, I won't do it if he doesn't tell me. You know, you think about Jesus walking past that gate, beautiful, every time he went in the temple. And because he's a giver, you know that every time he went by, he had Judas drop something in that guy's bag. But he walked past there for three years and never prayed for him once. Because he said, I only do what I hear my father do. I only do what I see what I fought in my father. I see what my father, you know what I'm trying to tell you, right? <laughs> he, he, he only did what he heard from God. And so for three years, he walked by there and never prayed for him. But there was a due season. I said, there was a due season for him. Three years he was begging there. He had been there for 40 years. If you read the story, 40 years might seem like a long time until healing hits. And then 40 years is nothing. And then there's Peter and John coming back, and they just went on another miserable fishing trip. They disobeyed the Lord and went fishing again. So they come back and... Peter says, well, I don't have any money. <laughs> I failed just like I did last time to work out my own deal, work out my own finances. I failed. He said, I don't have any silver and I don't have any gold, but such as I have, I give it on to you. Rise up and walk. And the Bible says that he jumped up and ran and leaped. It was, the Bible says he was expecting to receive something, but he was expecting somebody to give him another donation. And what he got was... Because due season came for him. He said, due season is coming for you. Whatever you've been believing God for, don't stop now. Well, it's been 40 years. I'm so glad he didn't think like that. 
But see, my Bible says that he was expecting to receive something. Are you expecting to receive something? Hallelujah. Get expecting, man. I send the promise of the Father upon you. You receive power. Hallelujah. Power will come on you. He led them out as far as Bethany. He lifted up his hands and blessed them. And it came to pass while he blessed them, he departed and went to heaven. They worshiped him, returned to Jerusalem with joy, and they were, they were continually in church. What were they doing? Do you think it was quiet like it is here on a Sunday morning? No, we just need to get the Holy Ghost moving, man. I tell you. Or, no, and how we get them moving, we let them move in us. <laughs> okay, yeah, where else can you go? Acts chapter 1, of course. Really, when I look at this whole book, you know, it's called the Acts of the Apostles, but it's really the Acts of the Holy Ghost. And all they did was they made the visible visible by their conduct. They made the visible visible, invisible visible rather, by their conduct, by expecting God to move. No, that's the fifth book in the in the New Testament. Fifth is the letter for grace, but ooh, fifth, the fifth letter is expressed this way. <sighs> the breath of God. So the, the book of Acts is the breath of God. And it starts out by saying this. These former treaties, O Theopolis, I wrote unto you about all that Jesus began to do and teach. Jesus began something, but we're to finish it. Yes. He started it. The Holy Ghost in us is to finish it. How do you know that? Romans 8, 19. All of creation is waiting for a manifestation of the sons of God. Not going to manifest as long as you're sitting there quiet and not expecting anything. We've got to be full. And just because, you know, I gassed up yesterday. The price of gasoline went down, if you didn't notice. And uh, it was wonderful. Yeah, thank you, Lord. But, but that won't last long, especially in a Jeep. What are you saying? I'm saying just because you tanked up once, I, get, I received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Well, yeah, but when's the last time you tanked up? When's the last time you got full of the Holy Ghost? We're not talking about out of your belly will flow rivers of living water, not drip, drip, drip. No, we can tell when people are full of the Holy Ghost because it flows. Thought is the enemy of flow. Stop thinking and start drinking is what he's saying here. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Until the day he was taken up after that, the Holy Ghost had been given. He gave commandments to the apostles that he had chosen, to whom he also showed himself alive after his death of passion with many infallible proofs. <laughs> Being seen of them for 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom. Verse 4, and being assembled together with them, he commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which he, you have heard of me. He said, truly John baptized with water, but you'll be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days from now. Verse 8, and you receive what? So how am I going to know when I'm full of the Holy Ghost? Amen. Hallelujah. 
you see power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, then you can be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the uttermost parts of the earth. Just going door to door witnessing is not a witness to God. Witnessing is manifesting the, dem- uh, the sons of God. I've heard people that have gone in and emptied the entire wards in hospitals and full of the Holy Ghost. But, again, like, like the, man, the guy at the gate, beautiful, you, you can't just take it upon yourself to go do that. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what I'm going to do right now. No, you're going to be led by the Holy Ghost. And if you're in tune with the Holy Ghost, somebody said to me the other day, how will I know when to hear his voice? I said, well, if, if you can't hear it anywhere else. Yes. Do you have a word for me, Pastor? Yeah, I got 66 volumes. Which one would you like? <laughs> Give me a word. Give me a word. Oh, help us, Lord. After the Holy Ghost has come upon you, be witnesses. After he had spoken these things, while they beheld him taken up, a cloud received him out of their sight. While they looked steadfastly toward heaven, he went up, and behold, two men stood with him in white apparel, which also said, You men of Galilee which stand here gazing to heaven, this same Jesus which was taken up into heaven shall come again in like manner. So they returned on Jerusalem from the Mount of Olives, which is a Sabbath day's journey. And when they were coming in, they went up into the upper room. I sat in that upper upper room probably four four or five days in a row. It was just down the street from the hotel I was staying in, in the inner city. And each time I got up there, I'm not exaggerating this at all. I would sit up there on the roof and the wind would begin to blow. And I'd just sit there and weep. (laughs) Why would you do that? I don't know. I wasn't trying to. It's just you feel the presence of God sometimes, and it's overwhelming. What if you don't feel the presence of God? It's still overwhelming. I don't have to get goosebumps to know he's there. He said, I will never leave you, never fail you, never forsake you. So just because I don't feel him or see him for days sometimes, I don't know, maybe you all float around on on a cloud, but I don't. I also have flesh to deal with every day. Every day I can have a fit of carnality if I'm not careful. Any of you ever have a fit of carnality? No. Verse 14. These all continued with one accord in prayer. Prostuchomy, it means to worship. And it also means, it doesn't mean prayer requests. It means worship and supplication with the women and Mary the mother. And I like this because Mary the mother of Jesus also had to go to the upper room. So, you know, those of the Catholic persuasion do what Mary did. She went to the upper room. And then the last words she ever spoke were when they, when they turned the water into wine in John chapter 2. She said, whatever he says, do it. So if Mary was here today, she would say, whatever he says, do it. Chapter 2 and verse 1. Now this is this also, this is Pentecost at that time. This is harvest season for them. This, this is when they would go out. This is when they would go out and take the sheaves and bind them up and, and, and bring them in for harvest. And they would throw them all in a wagon all together in a wagon. They weren't some separate individual thing. They 
turn them into wagon. And then guess what they would do? They would take them to the threshing floor. Oh, yippee. <laughs> what did they do in the threshing floor? Beat them until there was nothing but wheat left. I know, it doesn't sound pretty. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah. But you know, you, you don't go personally. They drive you in a wagon <laughs> to the threshing floor. Yippee. So that's all happening when the day of Pentecost was fully come. They were one accord in one place. And suddenly, and suddenly, are you expecting suddenlies in your life? Yes. Suddenlies. And suddenly, there came a sound from heaven, like a mighty rushing wind. Suddenly. You, you know, you can get what you expect. This football player who plays for the San Francisco 49ers, he's not a Christian guy, I don't think. He acts pretty wild. But they asked him when he scored a touchdown in the game the other day, what he did. He said, I'll tell you what I do. He said, when I know the ball's coming to me, he said, I visualize myself catching the ball and running in and hearing touchdown. He said, I visualize it, and then it happens. An unsaved guy has got it figured out. In other words, what I can see, I can seize. What I can see, I can become. What I can see is what I can become. You need to see yourself flowing in the Holy Ghost. You need to see yourself with the gifts of the Spirit operating through you. You need to see yourself being a light wherever you go, a light in the darkness, a light on the hill that can't be hidden. you got to see yourself. In order to change things, you got to change what you're looking at. you got to change how you see yourself because where you see yourself is where you find yourself. And that's why you can't look back. What about all the mistakes? They, you know, I, I've blown up things before and you just clean up the mess and move on. You don't go back and I don't have to call somebody and say, guess what? No, you don't tell anybody. You don't need to tell anybody. Just, you know, do what, again, again, 2 Corinthians 7, 2. Paul said, receive us, we've wronged no man. How about Peter preaching right here in this book right here? He had just finished denying Jesus three times, but when he got up to preach, he didn't apologize first. Well, you know, I'd like to tell you, but uh, you, you know, I denied the Lord and blah, blah, blah. No, he came up because he knew what forgiveness was. He knew that every day was a fresh start. We say it all the time, his mercies are new every morning, but most people don't believe it. Most people are still dragging baggage from the past. Well, you never know what I did. I was divorced. Well, that, that, that's who you were. That's not who you are. Right. You never guess what I did. I can't guess. My Bible tells me in Psalm 103 that he threw it into the lake of... Oh. Yeah, for, like he said, this, he said this about your sin. He said, when you confess it to me, he said, it's as far away as east is from west. And we've been to the Philippines a few times. Let me tell you something. We left, we, no, no, we left Manila one time at 9 o'clock in the morning. And we got, we got to uh, Hawaii, I think, at 2 o'clock the day before, something like that. You crossed the date line, which proves also that time is just created for you and I. It's all one big long day. It's just a big day. 
This is the day that the Lord has. This is the day that the Lord has made. My only responsibility is to rejoice and be glad. My only responsibility is Hebrews 4.11. Labor to enter into his rest. There's a rest that I can have. For his word is alive and powerful and sharper than a two-edged sword. His word is my rest. No, it's like, you know, people say, what is the shield of faith? It's the word of God. It's not some Roman shield that you hold up in front of yourself. It's the word of God and it surrounds you. I like the Passion Translation talks about his wraparound presence. Wraparound. Well, I put my armor on every morning. No, I sleep with mine. Every morning they said, no, some guy wrote a book about that. Every morning you need to put your armor on. I said, no, you don't. Not if you're sleeping in it. <laughs> it gets uncomfortable on Saturday nights, but how many of you ever get tormented on Saturday night because Sunday's coming? You have a hard time sleeping on Saturday other, any other time. You know. He gives his beloved sleep. I said, you want to keep waking me up, devil? I'm going to pray in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. I'm not just resisting you. I'm submitted to God. And when I'm submitted to God, you must go. Hallelujah. Now, where was I? <laughs> Suddenly. Breaking the scene barrier. Suddenly. Boom. A sonic boom. Boom. A sound from heaven like a mighty rushing wind. And it filled the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues of fire and sat upon each of them. And they were filled with the Holy Ghost. And as a result of that, the power came, but something else happened here. They began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And the word dwelling in Jerusalem, Jews, devout men from all, every nation in heaven, because they, they had to come for this festival to, the, to Jerusalem. Now when it was noised abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded because everyone heard them speak in their own language. And they were amazed. In the Greek, it's existema, and it means to stand beside yourself. <laughs> they were beside themselves, saying to one another, aren't these guys Galileans? Are not these that speak Galileans? And how is it we hear every man in our own tongue wherein we were born? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, and dwellers of Mesopotamia, and Judea, and Cappadocia, Pontius, and Asia, Phrygia, and Pamphylia, and Egypt, and parts of Libya, and Cyrene, strangers from Rome, and Jews, and proselytes, Creeks, and Arabians. It pretty much covers everybody that was on the planet at the time. We do hear them speak in our own tongues the wonderful works of God. And they were all amazed and in doubt, everyone saying to another, what means this? I've seen that in church. Come on, we've really seen that in church. When we first started a couple of, first couple of years, we saw it all the time. Matter of fact, we'd almost, we didn't gamble, but we would bet one another, that couple won't last until the second song. <laughs> right? And they would swell up like bullfrogs. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then they'd swish out. No, religious people swish when they leave a building. <laughs> I never. I know you never. It's obvious. 
<laughs> Are you making fun of them? Yeah, right now, but we weren't at the time. We we had compassion. We also enjoyed it too. No, we enjoyed the part of, of watching and seeing what religion does compared to reality. <laughs> okay, Gary, move over that before they think. Okay. Others mocking and said, these people are full, intoxicated, mezzo, with new wine. Intoxicated with fermented wine. Now, again, the Jewish people drank wine, but they because... They only got to make it when they got to make it once a year. They would, they would always dilute it down to make it last. And so when they were drinking wine, they were not drinking to get intoxicated. They didn't drink wine to get intoxicated. They drank a glass of wine that was so watered down that guys like myself wouldn't even notice it. Guys like yourself, Cyril, oh, use you instead. <laughs> But Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and said, Remember me, I'm the guy that denied Jesus three times? No, it's not what he said. He lifted up his voice and said unto them, You men of Judea that dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known unto you, and listen to what I'm telling you. can't believe a minister would say, Listen to me. I'm offended already. No, come on, I've had people, you were looking right at me when you preached that. I, where do you want me to look? At the ceiling? <laughs> you were talking right to me, well, he didn't want me to talk, why'd you come? <laughs> no, <but> I, <laughs> you were looking right at me, well, I'm trying not to. I, I didn't look at you with any kind of judgment, I just happened to, uh, you got to look somewhere, Okay. <laughs> Peter stood up and said, You men of Judea and dwell in Jerusalem, be known and hearken to my words. These people are not drunken like you think, but they are drunk. They are drunk. Matter of fact, uh, you, you know, when you read Ephesians chapter 5, he says, Don't be drunk with wine wherein there's excess, but continue to be drunk with the Holy Ghost. Read it. That's what he said. He said, Don't be drunk with wine. You don't need the wine. If you would just get in my presence, you can get intoxicated. In my presence is fullness of joy. At my right hand, pleasures forevermore. Whatever you're looking for out there, it's in here. You don't need to go anywhere to get a vacation. Isaiah 28, 12 says, God said, this is the rest. This is the refreshing. Praying in the Holy Ghost. This is the rest. This is the refreshing. You can go on a vacation for two weeks and come back more tired than when you left trying to jam everything in that you wanted to do all year. But if you'll pray in the Holy Ghost for an hour, you'll be refreshed. I don't want to do that. Well, okay. Watch reruns for a couple hours instead. No, I know you wouldn't do that. I've done it. <laughs> but yeah, you need to remember that too. Whatever I'm preaching to you, I need, I, I just... I hear it first. Again, I'm the donkey that takes the word to the city. And all I am is the delivery boy. It's not my own private revelation. It's him and the word. Even in Acts 10.38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. How God anointed the man, Jesus of Nazareth. 
not Christ from heaven, but Jesus of Nazareth. He anointed him with the Holy Ghost and power. And when he had the Holy Ghost and power, he went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. He's with you today. Amen. This is that spoken by the prophet Joel. Read, the, read Joel chapter 2. Read it real slow, beginning in verse 23. It talks about the former and the latter rain. And uh, Moriah Zedekiah is the former rain. And it simply means the Messiah, the rain that he brought. And then, then he says, he received the former and the latter rain both in the same month. In other words, what happened at the earlier point here in the book of Acts, it's going to happen again only much greater than that. So you, you, you need to stop trying to figure out ways to get out of here. Oh, rapture me, Lord. No, leave me here until I get a sinner in each hand. And then if you want to take me up, I'll let them go only if they scream. Amen. Hallelujah. It'll come to pass in the last days, I'll pour up my spirit about some on some flesh. Come on. It's like I saw this one time in a vision, and I might have shared it before. I'm on the St. John River in New Brunswick, and it was over flooding the banks, and it literally went wherever it wanted to. And it's in the, in the, in the Greek, it says, exceedingly abundantly, it's called huperperezo. It's like the river overflowed its banks, and now it's just going everywhere. You can't put sandbags up and keep it out of your house. It's coming to your house. I'm pouring out my spirit upon all flesh, and whoever calls upon the name of the Lord is going to get wet. No, but this is exciting. See, that's what you get to focus. This is what you focus on, not not the media, not the news. Bad news. He said, your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Well, that would be all you right here. Sounds like this should be happening in your life. What he's saying here, and then it says, and your old men shall dream dreams. Young men, old men, sons, daughters, everyone bringing revelation. Everyone bringing revelation to everybody. I'll show wonders in heaven and signs in the earth, blood and fire and vapor and smoke. It'll be turned to darkness and the moon into blood. Now, we've had blood moons preaching, but I didn't see any of this, so you'll have to. No, when God really, like, when, when these things happened, like in 486, I don't know if any of you ever read about that, but there was a, there was a volcano that erupted on planet Earth that darkened the earth for 10 years. I mean, you couldn't see the sun for almost two years. It was just overcast all the time. And how they found that out was by studying the trees and the rings of the trees and stuff. And they went all the way back. And sure enough, 486 for 10 years. And they could even look at the structures that were being built back then. People were struggling for their lives, no crops being grown, anything. That's, that's an act of nature, a volcanic eruption. So when, you, when we see these blood moons, I, you know, people wrote books on anything. I'm not denying it. I'm just saying that this is not that. Why? Because it's called the notable day of the Lord. And then it says, it, and, it, and then it'll come to pass, whoever shall call upon the name of the Lord. 
shall be saved. Hallelujah. You men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, the man approved of God among you, worked miracles and wonders and signs which God, which God did by him in the midst of you all. Hmm. Verse 37. Now when they heard these things, they were pricked in their hearts and said unto Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, repent, change your attitude, change your actions, and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall be, and you'll receive the gift. And all you get, how, how do I get a gift? How do I get a gift? By the way, Christmas is coming, and we, you know, we buy ourselves gifts. We, we, you say it's to celebrate his birthday, but we buy each other gifts, right? I suggest to you that if you haven't been tithing and giving offerings, that you bring your Christmas present to him this year and say, I'm starting all over, I'm getting a fresh start, and I'm, and, and, uh, I'm putting my heart with you, not trying to get my own needs met. I, I watch people for years, I've been watching them, struggling, trying to get their needs met, and then they get mad at God. Never gave a dime to any church or anybody. And, I, and I'm not, are you condemning them? No, it's fear-based. It's like, I need to take care of myself. Well, I would like to say to those of you that are watching, how's it working for you so far? Yeah. I mean, if it was working, okay. But you, you, you make, you work so that you can live to give. When you learn how to give, Jesus so loved that he gave. Jesus, the very manifestation of love is giving. It's not receiving. God so loved that he gave. If I don't give, it's because I don't love. And I don't love because I don't know love. And if I don't know love, it's because I don't know him. Hallelujah. But, but, but let's read on here. Then Peter said unto them, Repent, be baptized in the name of Jesus, remission of sin. You'll, be, you'll receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. But here's what I want you to see in verse 39. This promise is for you. You that are sitting here, he said, and your children, and to all that are far off, as many as the Lord our God shall call. In other words, this is for everyone. This is not for uh, Baptocostals. This is for the church, the body of Christ. Many other words he did. He testified and exhorted, saying, Save yourselves from this untoward generation. Then they gladly received the word and were baptized. And the same day they were added unto the church, 3,000 people, 3,000 people were born again in one city in one day. Can you imagine what would happen if that happened here? Don't you know the church would have to cooperate with one another? It's no more competition. Burger King and McDonald's. It's like, I got too many over here. Can you help me? Right? Instead of, no, give me, give me. My name is Jimmy. No, sir, man. How are we ever going to come into the unity of faith? My Bible tells me that apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers were gifts to the ministry, not lords over the ministry, to bring us into the unity of faith, the unity of faith, that we could go. He said, they're there not to be big shots over you. They're there to teach you how to do the work of the ministry. 
Teach you how to do it. Teach you how yeah. to do it. Bring it. Bring somebody to the pastor. No, you do it. Well, the pastor can straighten you. No, you can straighten. I'm here to straighten you out. <laughs> and believe me, that's a full-time job. Let's look at you. <laughs> we hope this message has encouraged you in your relationship with the Lord. For more information and ministry resources, we invite you to visit our website at www.newcovenantchurch.ca. We look forward to you joining us next time as we continue to live victoriously.